0: Hey everybody, we're here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook, It's Jason, I'm Chucky, and welcome back to Teaser, our our mascot, maybe a smaller version, but um, at least he's here a bit, we're uh, here for the sports betting podcast bookends, and we're going to dive right into it, I mean it's college football, it's uh, um, all conference championship games, some great football games uh, this weekend, including two here in Vegas, Uh, the Pac-12 championship game Friday night, Washington and Oregon, a rematch of a game played earlier this year that Washington got out, Jay, to that kind of early lead, had to hold on, really were outscored in three of the last four quarters, um, but won thirty six thirty three. 33 I think it's kind of the tale of two teams kind of going opposite directions since that time, though. Bo Nix and Oregon have been red hot. Uh, Pennix and Washington, although still undefeated, haven't been great. They really had some struggles. I know last year's Pac-12 championship game between Southern Cal and Utah, just the handle and the atmosphere. And the people that were in the book here wearing Utah and Southern Cal stuff was crazy. So I can imagine with this rivalry between Oregon and Washington, we'll see a lot of the same, but Oregon is almost a double-digit favorite here.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people shocked that they're almost, they're almost a 10-point ten ten, ten favorite, 9.5, yeah. nine point favorite. Uh, shocked by that line, um, you know, to see the number three team in the country uh, a double digit dog to the number five team in the country as we sit to the rankings and obviously these two teams is a quasi playoff game as to whoever wins this game is expected to you know leapfrog themselves or Washington stay in the top four or Oregon would leapfrog themselves into that into that top four Um, and you talked about you know what is creating this line to be Oregon such a big favorite in this game? since Washington beat them already. Yeah, Washington's beat them thir- thirty-six to thirty-three in Week Seven, um, and 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 are sitting undefeated while Oregon has has the one loss. Um, but if you look at the last. Um, Games since that period of time. That loss was in Week 7. Washington, since that time, beat ASU by 8, Stanford by 9, USC by 10, Utah by 7, Oregon State by 2, and Washington State by 3, with an average of 6.5 margin of victory against some pretty non-quality Pac-12 opponents. In that same time frame, Oregon beat Washington State by 12, Utah by 29, Cal by 44, USC by 9, ASU by 36, and Oregon State by 24 for a margin of victory of 25.6. So they've been playing kind of, we'll call it, loosey-goosey, coming back and find themselves in the rankings, while Washington, I think, has played tight during this time frame, trying to just hold on to that undefeated season. We know that they have the talent with Penix. We know uh, Johnson, a a fantastic running back, but I just think that they've been so tight that maybe they can finally let it loose on Friday night with a chance to go get into the bowl championship series. Um, But this Oregon team's obviously been playing better. We talk about Bo Nix, who's been the Heisman favorite Favorite, now, and and having a game to play with Jalen Daniels not playing this week for LSU. Um, But for me, I think this game... um, comes more down to Bucky, um, it's Bucky Irving, the running back for Oregon. Um, I think he's the key for them to be able to ground control, keep control of the ball. They actually, in the game that Oregon lost 36 to 33, they had more first downs than Washington. They had more time of possession than Washington. They had 204 rushing yards to only 99 for Washington, 337 yards passing to only 316 for Washington. So they essentially dominated that game but, again, Odunze and Panik stole it with a minute 36 to go, able to get that lead. So, again, I think that's why you're looking at that line. But I'm, I won't be surprised if you see Washington action taking that 9, 9.5, <laughs> 10 points because these two teams, it's a, it's going to be a great game. And, obviously, it's a Friday night game, so it's right. not the one you have to wait until Saturday. It's an isolated game, which that's is Friday great. Friday night at 5 o'clock here in Las Vegas, uh, another great Pac-12 championship. And it's our last Pac-12 championship. The last right. time the Pac-12 will have a championship as we know it. So again, it makes it uh, even more historical from that standpoint. Well, I
0: think when you look at it, and and whoever maybe the loser is, uh, would Bo Nix play in a bowl game? Would Adunze play in a bowl game? Would Penix play in a bowl game? Maybe not. So this might be the last time for them to actually... Kind of showcase their talents to me the big difference is oregon's defense top five in yards per play i think that's what's really stood out to me since they played last time and see if penix and that offense of washington can really get untracked i know they scored 36 points against oregon last time but since that time it's been a different defense um, for uh for the ducks a couple of interesting betting trends here oregon five and oh straight up in their last five games oregon four and one against the number in their last five games washington five and oh straight up in their last five games But here's an interesting one. The total has gone under in four of Washington's last six games when playing Oregon. Not the case when they played this year, but if you throw that out four of the last five times the games have been under. But with these two quarterbacks, uh, when you look at a high total like half, 67, I have to think, you're thinking there's going to be a lot of points scored. Yeah,
1: and this total has been coming down. Was that We were actually 68 to right now, Right yeah, yeah. now. And, it, and it's come down to, to 66. So uh, some sharp action on the under in this game.
0: I, I could see, though, as we get closer to kickoff on Friday night and the town's full of fans from both Oregon and Washington, that they start to push that total up a little bit. But um, I expect we'll see a huge handle in this game. Very reminiscent to what we saw last Year when it was Southern Cal in Washington, uh, expect a lot of guests out here to go to the game. It should be fun. I mean, really, for the, maybe the last or the last uh, championship game for the Pac-12, it is going to be a, a big game between two teams that have championship aspirations look at another game that's going to be played now we're going to move over to uh saturday and it's number 19 oklahoma state number seven texas again in this case texas is a double digit favorite two touchdown favorite the big 12 championship game total is 54 and a half
1: yeah texas is uh on the outside looking in sitting in the seventh spot um with a chance to get in the playoff there are some some things that can happen um if florida state were to drop Um, the game to Louisville, I think that's a a, a big opportunity for Texas to find themselves going to that four spot. We'll see if the committee will leapfrog them over Ohio State, who they currently have Ohio State as the six. Um, if Texas, and I think that's why this line has gone up. We saw Texas open a 12.5-point favorite. This game's gone all the way up to 14.5. They had the it was blowout. actually the
0: quickest move, right? I yep. mean, on Monday, we saw bang-bang. We saw some big bets come in right away on Texas that drove that number up.
1: They had the, the blowout victory last week over Texas Tech, which kind of, again, catapults them to you know looking like a championship team. Right. But the weeks before that, they had a three-point win, an overtime win against Kansas State. They had a three-point win at TCU. Again, that was when Quinn Ewers was kind of hurt and, right. and banged up and now he's 100% healthy and back. Um, they're, they're going to need a monster big game here against an Oklahoma State team that um, you know, pulled the monster offset right. of Oklahoma. But they could be a little looser ago. in this game, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, but, but then they went and got destroyed by Central Florida right. and then have had two wins since them. Um, but, again, the, the the big thing for me on the Oklahoma State side of the football is the defensive side of the football. They allowed 45 to Central Florida. They allowed 30 to Houston. And they allowed 34 points to BYU last week. Texas is a better offense than every one of those. Right. So they're, they're going to have to find a way to keep this Texas offense to 30 to 35 points to have a chance to cover. If they more, allow more than that, I don't think they can cover the 14.
0: I, I, I could see this game there are a lot of points being scored as well total not nearly as high as the Pac-12 championship, but total 54-and-a-half here. Um, a few interesting betting trends too. Oak State 7-and-1, straight up in their last eight games, getting the big number here. They're 4-and-1 against the number in their last five games against Texas, and the total has gone under in seven of Texas's last ten games. You know, yours was banged up a little bit in some of those games, but, but you really look at Oklahoma State again, 4-and-1 against the number in their last five games against Texas and getting double digits Yeah, and you, and
1: you mentioned it, and we and, and we talked about it just briefly in the Washington-Oregon game, but when teams start to play tight, and Texas in this scenario, this this game means a lot, the world right. to them. Where if they win this, they have a chance to go leapfrog themselves to the top four. Oklahoma State's really not in that situation. This is a end of the season. We can go knock off Texas right. and spoil their dreams. Um, so they could play a little bit looser. Maybe that leads to Dundee would you know, like nothing more, more than that. Right, more fake punts, you know, yeah. reverses, all that type of stuff. Um, so I expect Oklahoma State to play that type of game.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I still think you can see a lot of points scored here as well. Um, now we're going to look at uh, Tulane and SMU. Number 25, SMU. 17, Tulane. Tulane is four. Total is 48. Number has come down, though, um, in this game. Actually, Tulane was uh, as high as six and a half. Number has come down to four right now. Um, What do you think about this matchup? Well,
1: the big thing here is Preston Stone, the quarterback for SMU. SMU has been absolutely rolling, putting up points. Big numbers. He got hurt at halftime of the last game Um, that's that's really the question mark they were Tulane is a three-point favorite this game went as high as six it's come back down to three and a half and four SMU does have a quality backup uh, but again without Preston Stone um, you really just kind of wonder what you're going to get out of the SMU Mustangs here a couple of
0: interesting betting trends here SMU five and O straight up in their last five games seven and one straight up in their last eight games when playing Tulane Tulane is five and O straight up in their last five games and they're five and zero straight up in their last five home games. So some of these trends that are kind of interesting to look at. Now let's let's jump to the number one team in the country the Georgia Bulldogs. Number eight, Alabama, who's looking to somehow get into that playoff picture. This number has gone up as well. Open four, four and a half industry-wide. Bama is now a six-point favorite. Favorite is 54 and a half and a great matchup in Georgia in the SEC Championship game.
1: Yeah, and I'll start with Alabama. I think they're really on the outside looking in, sitting in the eighth spot. Um, obviously, a, a five and a half, six-point underdog here against Georgia. If they were to win, they need Florida State to lose. Right. They probably, they definitely need Texas to lose. Which could happen. You know. um, but I don't know if they can find themselves all the way back into the top four. I think even if they even were to beat Georgia. Even if they knock Georgia, off Georgia. You know, in a- Georgia probably still falls to the four. Right. And, and is able to stay in. Which I makes mean, it-
0: Alabama would have an argument. I mean, if you can knock sure, off Georgia, sure. and in Georgia, um, and knock off the number one undefeated team in the country, you only have one loss still, Alabama.
1: But that loss is to Texas, True. who's currently ahead of you as the seven, and is um, as a 14-and-a-half-point as a, as a favorite. Right. So you're going to need Texas to go down to find yourself in there. Um, the for me, would have some tough decisions for, if Alabama wins. Obviously, last week, Alabama pulls off the, the minor miracle um, with with able to come back and beat Auburn, Auburn a, on, in the last plays of the game. Alabama hasn't been um, fantastic this year. It's not the Alabama team that we've kind of seen over the last uh, decade under Nick Saban. Um, a 14-point win at South Florida as a 30, 34.5-point favorite. A 3-point win against Arkansas as a 19-point wave favorite. A 3-point win last week against Auburn as a 13-point favorite. But I go back to um, just two years ago they were in the same situation. They they had lost one game, they were on the outside of the the BCS kind of looking in and they were playing Georgia in an SEC championship and Georgia was an undefeated Georgia team at that time and Alabama went and knocked them off 41-24 to right. to get themselves into the bowl championship series and then ended up losing to the Georgia team 33-18 to in the national championship. So um, again the, the, the eerily similar situations here I just don't know if this Alabama team has The quality of players that they did in these past years. Jalen Monroe has had his ups and downs. I think that Georgia or Alabama is going to have to play an absolutely perfect game to beat the Georgia Bulldogs here. And Carson Beck has just been getting better and better and better for Georgia. The big thing for me here is he just can't turn the ball over. Georgia can't play a two-interception, fumble-type game right. and give Alabama those type of chances. Otherwise, I really like Georgia in this spot. I
0: mean, It is Alabama. It is Nick Saban. They're in the role of an underdog. The number's gone against them already. There's just a lot of kind of bulletin board material if you're Alabama right now. And the fact that they were able to come back, win that game against Auburn the way they did, you just wonder... I, I, what they have left in the tank for this game. But I think it's going to be a great game. It wouldn't surprise me to see this number go up a little bit more. I thought when it opened 4-4.5, four, four it was a little short. We've, we kind of talked about it. This number might go up. Um, a few interesting kind of betting trends here. The total has gone over in nine of Georgia's last 11 games when playing Alabama. Alabama's 5-0 straight up in their last five games. The total has gone over in Bama's last five games. So there's been a lot of points on the board. And some of the games in Georgia this year kind of played their level of of their opponent a bit. Um, Didn't cover last week against Georgia Tech. Um, So interesting to see what this number kind of does before kickoff, and especially the total if it does trick up a little bit. Yeah,
1: you can go, if you went and looked at that Georgia schedule, the games that they're playing uh, against lesser opponents, um, it almost seems like they come with a vanilla offense and they're just, you know, Get in, get out. We get our win. We move on to the next week, and then when they when they play a big game, uh, you know whether it was against Florida in, in the cocktail party, and they just come and finally play their best game. Georgia seems to elevate um, in these big games, and, and again, that's why they're continuously in a na- national championship hunt.
0: So now we're going to jump to the Big Ten championship, and we've talked about these high totals, uh, the Pac-12 <laughs> of sixty-seven and a half, and games that are in the in the high fifties, and and all the offense and. Michigan, the number two team in the country. Iowa, the number 18 team in the country. Michigan's a 23 and a 24 point favorite with a whopping total of 35 and a half. So something has to give here. We know the way Iowa plays. But Michigan can achieve maybe that point total on their own
1: in this game. Well, I think if you're if you're an Iowa fan or if you're going to back Iowa in this situation, you're you're hoping that there's a little bit of a lull, they score well, a low okay. with coming off a big victory of Ohio State. Um, looking forward to you know your your. You're moving into uh, the national championship playoffs, and that Iowa can kind of sneak up on you. Obviously, Iowa is in this situation because they're able to win games. However, they have been able to win games by scoring points. It's been entirely on their defense. So, can that defense stop Corum? Can they stop McCarthy? Can, does Michigan come with a vanilla game here? Um, but you talk about a twenty-three and a half point favorite with a total of thirty-five and a half. So the projected score in this game is a twenty-nine to six. You know, right. somewhere in that range. So Iowa, if they can put a touchdown up for you, you know, you've got a, a, a chance. It's a to big cov- if. A right. chance to cover. And we were kind of laughing um, in that the the first half um, team total or betting on the first half is. Is Iowa going to score? You know, know. over under a half. It is can, ugly football. Can, can they score in the first half? And you can get you know minus a dollar thirty on them to actually score. You know, even kick a field goal in the first half. And that's how bad the struggles have been for the Iowa Hawkeyes. But again, you're playing in a Big Ten championship. Despite all of these offensive struggles, they've got a chance to go win a Big Ten title and knock off the number two team so in the country.
0: When some of the Pac-12 teams merge with the the Big Ten teams next year. It is really going to be an interesting dynamic when it comes to one conference that plays a ton of offense, maybe not as much defense, and one conference that plays a lot more D.
1: Yeah, and, and a big difference in size in, from the Big Ten to the speed of the Pac-12, right. and it's going an to... interesting you, dynamic. You said it, ne- next year, the handicapping and the setting of numbers early in the Big Ten between the Pac-12-Big Ten merge are going to be really, really interesting. So,
0: so we talked about the total a little bit, and here's really an interesting betting trend uh, for both these teams regarding the total. The total has gone over in seven of Michigan's last eight games. The total has gone under... In five straight Iowa
1: Hawkeye, games. Not, not only under but under some of the lowest totals right. historically right. we've ever hung with, twenty-five and a half, twenty-sixes. You know they have a twenty-two to nothing shutout of of Rutgers. They beat Illinois, you know, fifteen to thirteen. Uh, it, it's just absolutely incredible to watch this Iowa team and the kind of ineptness of that offense. Um, and they've been winning games with their defense, right. I putting know. themselves in position. So uh, again, but games that look like they're finding were going ways over, to win, they're right? finding ways to win, and actually they they potentially had a win stolen from them on a half of a, a fair catch <laughs> call. Um, right. and so Iowa thinks they should have their 11th win on the season um, in, in, the, in the loss to Minnesota. Uh, and you can make an argument that, that was it wasn't a fair catch or it was a fair catch. But uh, the Hawkeyes, at the end of the day, it's still winning. Right. Whether it's winning ugly, which, you know, we talked about the, the Bears on Monday night. Winning ugly is still winning. Still winning. And, and that's what Iowa's been doing.
0: Yeah. There's so many of their games, though, in this five-game streak of unders, Look like they could go over at halftime or late in the game. It's that costly turnover. It's a missed field goal. It's something that happens that causes the game to go under. Uh, a few more college games quickly here. Uh, number 15, Louisville against number 4, uh, Florida State. In the ACC championship game, Florida State is 2.5 and, and 49.
1: Yeah, Florida State uh, uh, again, uh, another late kind of miracle to pull right. it off and, and knock off Florida last week. Obviously, it's their first full game um, and, and playing a Division One opponent for Florida State. Um uh, without Jordan Travis right. That's a big, and going, big to, loss, yeah, going right. to Tate um, um There's a lot of question marks whether Florida State should still be in this situation with a chance to go to the playoffs with the fact that they're playing with a backup quarterback. I think you
0: have to based on your record yeah, they're and 12 what you and achieved. Again, right.
1: They still have to go beat Louisville here. There's, there's, I think there's a lot of people potentially cheering for them to lose to Louisville here so that they're not part of the, the playoff series and would essentially, in in the four spot, Give Georgia what we would view as a almost a, a
0: bye week. Louisville hasn't been great of late, though. They've really had some yeah. Struggles. They,
1: they, they um, Jack Plummer obviously can go win games for them to the quarterback position, but for me, Louisville they lost to Kentucky last week. It's about turnovers. Yep. He he's thrown eleven interceptions on the year. He can't throw turn the ball over. They've got to play clean football against Florida State, and they got to be able to stop Trey Benson, um, when obviously a, a backup quarterback oh, in um, back. Florida State has not leaned on the passing game and made Rodemeyer throw to Coleman and these other guys that he has. It's been Trey Benson, Trey Benson, Trey Benson. He scored three touchdowns last week against Florida, and that's what I expect to see here. But again, this was a touchdown to a 10-point Right. Margin uh, just a week you know a week ago and now it's down to two and a half three point game um, so there's has been obviously some money on Louisville to pull the upset here
0: you're right they're going to lean heavily on Benson and one thing for me with Louisville is their their defense a month six weeks ago was so dominant they just haven't been that way over the last four or five weeks especially in that game against Kentucky yeah and
1: again you talk about uh, size and speed Florida State is definitely going to have a size advantage here um, Louisville again you know. They have to play fast. They have to play essentially a perfect football game with no turnovers, I think, to stay in this game with Florida State. So
0: just a few interesting betting trends here. Louisville is 11-2 and straight up in their last 13 games. They're getting 2.5 points here. Uh, the total has gone over in seven of Louisville's last nine games when playing Florida State. And Florida State is 5-0 and straight up in their last five games. And, again, a very small favorite here. So the last game we're going to touch on, though, Mountain West. Uh, UNLV and Boise in our backyard. UNLV lost to San, San Jose State last week, but they still get into the championship game. They've been darlings for you guys. Congratulations, UNLV, Coach Odom. Phenomenal job of what you guys were able to accomplish this year and really turn that program around so quickly. Uh, this game is kind of ping ponged a little bit. Two and a half, three, two and a half, three, kind of dropped down to two right now, but a great matchup on Saturday between UNLV and Boise. Yeah,
1: and I, you know, you talk about just the history of UNLV getting to a oh, Mountain West championship and um, getting to play a, a perennial team that, again, our generation, watched this Boise State team and the Blue Turf. <laughs> I was going to um, say the same thing. No you know, Blue Turf here. Maybe it should be red. You know, uh, be, be able to knock off the big boys for all those years, um, whether it was Urban Meyer and, and, and those guys. And But this isn't kind of – our generation's Boise State team. This Boise State team comes into this game with five losses. Um, they haven't dominated the Mountain West in the ways that they have in years past. Um, obviously, it was a somewhat of a coin flip or computer right. rankings to who was going to be playing in this game and where this game was going to be hosted. And we see Boise State as a short two-and-a-half, two-point favorite. Obviously, we were somewhat surprised last week in that um, least uh, San Jose, San, San Jose right. State, such a short Favorite, um, but again, the the betting public UNLV has really played their best football to get to this this point, and kind of had that setback last week with San Jose State. But at the end of the day, but in
0: that game though, yep. you're right, the number came down because there was more sharp action on San Jose. But by the time Flooded they kicked, Republic. we were clearly. Uh, Spartan fans, because all the money came in on UNLV.
1: Yeah, and I think you're still going to see the general public again. How right. many tickets have been cashed right. all year long on people cashing their UNLV tickets and a chance to again go to the game here Saturday at noon? Um, so it's a quick turnaround right. time from Oregon, Washington playing a five doubleheader game at, Allegiant. at Allegiant, and yeah. then back to a noon game at Allegiant. Um, so I was actually asking, are, gonna, are they going to change the turf to grass and, and use the Raiders field? I think so. Or are yeah. they going to gonna keep uh, the, the, the the turf? Uh, for the college game, but again a massive matchup and 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 you know we're hoping and cheering I guess you know outside of Booking this game, <laughs> okay. and, and you know, for UNLV to win oh, a Mountain West right. title That'd and for Odom to turn the program, I said, and, and again, he's already hearing offers for other jobs that are out Offensive there. And, coordinators and, hearing and, offers and, for and, other and, jobs, you know, right. loving what he's done at UNLV and loving what he's been, how he's been able to turn this program around. And you know, maybe the 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 there's not always more at the end of the rainbow, and just staying home um, is where you want to be. And who knows where UNLV ends up going or where the Mountain West ends up going. Um, just earlier this week they announced that Washington State and Oregon State who are the pack two that are still left are going to be joining the Mountain West for the 2024 season and so every one of the Mountain West teams will play one game against Washington State one game against Oregon State add to that schedule so who knows where this Mountain West ends up going? If they end up adding those teams, they end up adding some other teams. But, again, this is a big but that really frog. strengthens that conference, yeah, thing, it those it two programs. Yeah, it the con- right. conference and gives UNLV, again, the ability to take this to another level. And, obviously, if they can go win a championship here, uh, it just separates – You know them from where they're a non-football school and what an epic season this would be
0: it's fun i mean we've just dedicated you know five minutes to unlv football i can't remember the last time we did that so again congratulations coach odom and and unlv football great season hopefully you can cap it off with a mountain west championship game um before we take a break and go into the pros real quick our college football last man standing hundred thousand dollar prize is over three contestants congratulations You guys all tied with the same amount of wins, so you will split the pot. Again, congratulations on the the three winners for the last man standing in college football. We'll be right back on the Sports Betting Podcast bookends as we jump into the pro football slate. Guess what? It's football season, baby.
1: And you know what that means? It's time to bet your buns off. And when it comes to sports betting, you better bet with the STN Sports app. I'm talking football, all the fights, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer ball, We've got it all. And with our 14 convenience sign-up locations around town, it's no wonder they call me the queen of convenience. Because when I bet with STN, I feel like royalty. So what in the heck are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today and trust the local favorite. Hey everybody, we're back at Red
0: Rocks Racing Sportsbook. Jason Chucky for the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. We're gonna talk a little pro football this week and it was a week that we just finished that was dominated by the favorites. I know we had kind of talked about uh, some of these dogs that had really come through and some parody. Over the last few weeks, it has been a, a pro football onslaught of favorites. And I think a big piece of that, Jay, is all these young quarterbacks. You've got so many young, inexperienced quarterbacks, of being thrown into the fire right now you've got watson and burrow that are hurt you've got a bunch of young guys that are trying to to be the guy for some of these teams daniel jones hurt and the public is really backing the favorites uh you talk about thanksgiving weekend where thank goodness that the packers were able to start the weekend off uh, with an outright win against detroit because then the cowboys and niners easy wins on friday the dolphins an easy win so over the thursday and friday holiday three and one favorites all the games went over we really needed those packers and it was bookended by the bears actually winning on monday night against the minnesota vikings so thank goodness the nfc north kind of helped us no pun intended for the bookend uh reference but we really needed those two teams to help because favorites really dominated the slate in pro football this past weekend yeah it was a
1: roller coaster ride um you know going back to Thursday, you talked about the big Packers money line upset against the Lions, kind of teasers, money lines parlay. Everybody's yep. early morning Thanksgiving, but they were able to not bail ours. themselves out um, <laughs> with the Niners and Cowboys winning there. Um, the Dolphins on Friday, and not only the Dolphins on Friday, but if you, if you took the, the two NFL winners late Thursday, plus the Dolphins, plus the college slate right. that happened on, on, uh, on Friday, teams that were touchdown favorites or more. Um, between the pros and college, we twelve 12-1. Yeah. Don't combined, remind me. Combined Please. Thursday and Friday. So Friday ended up being a really, really ugly day for us. Saturday, we bounced back with a lot of the college underdogs that happened to come in. And then Sunday was, again, another ugly day, as you talked about. Uh, a lot of the favorites came in on Sunday. Um, we saw the epic... Uh, Bills Eagles game, right. which was a was an absolutely fantastic game, um, and then we the, were Bills the, fans. The, yep. the closing uh, Sunday night with the Ravens and the Zay Flowers miracle cover for all the uh, all the Ravens betters out there. And then you, you mentioned it. Uh, we, speaking of Iowa and winning ugly, but the Chicago Bears, the first team to put up a win without scoring a touchdown, Bears uh, this this sure. year with their four field goal victory over uh, the the big Josh Dobbs turnover uh, turnover game. But uh, we'll turn it over this week. Another big. week of chance to make money um with some good games on the schedule we got a a, one
0: really monster game we we
1: talk about the 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 quarterbacks and the quarterback play and we just have a half dozen teams almost more than that yeah a a dozen teams that are going with some some young quarterbacks and that's where we're seeing the growing pains but again some good games and thursday night starts off yeah let's let's start with good one thursday night uh,
0: seattle against the cowboys Cowboys have won three games in a row. They're really chasing Philadelphia right now. They've lost one game to Philly, um, but they're right in kind of the mix right now. They've, they've given only, I think, two teams have given up more points or less points than what the Cowboys have given up. So defensively, they've been dominant. Uh, you started to hear some rumblings about Dak even in the, the MVP discussion. They've been beating up on teams that are the lesser teams. They've been great against those teams. They're a pretty big size favorite here, almost double digits against Seattle. Seattle's had a lot of injuries. Kenny Walker's been hurt. Um, The receiving core's been hurt. Geno's been banged up a little bit. They did not play a good game against San Francisco on Thursday night. Uh, They play back-to-back Thursdays, and they travel here to play in Jerry's house, and they're a pretty good-sized underdog against the Cowboys. Yeah,
1: and I think they actually go play San Francisco again next week or something like that. And the big thing here is no advantage for either of these two teams as they both played Thanksgiving Day. Um, So the rest is kind of equal. That's one of the things we're looking at from a – get to play Thanksgiving Day, right. who's got Who's got the extra rest and that type of stuff, but uh, again, uh, Seattle coming off the loss to the, to the Niners is never a, a good sign right. for a team. After you play the 49ers, you're banged kind up. of always in a, in a beat-up yep. situation. Teams do not have a good record straight up in their game following playing the Niners uh, because of that situation, and we talk about this Dallas Cowboy team continues to roll, doing it on both sides of the football. Look for a prop this week. I keep telling the guys uh, Durant, uh, uh, I'm going to blow Uh blow Uh his name. Uh, Duran. Oh, you're talking about for the Cowboys. Yeah, Yeah. Bland. 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 Uh, Five five interceptions returned for For a touchdown um, this year. Absolutely amazing. Um, And that's after the injury to Diggs. Yeah. He wouldn't be playing if it wasn't for Diggs' injury. Um, So look for a prop this week on Bland. Um, to return an interception for a touchdown. It'll probably be somewhere a in price. a 20-to-1 range, I, right. I think somewhere in that standpoint. But again, Cowboys are doing Maybe 25. And, and, yeah. and they have to keep winning. Um, you know, they want to try and catch this Eagles team. And Eagles, again, sit, sitting in a situation where they have to play the Niners this week, still have a game heads up with the Cowboys, so maybe there's a chance the Cowboys can come back and find a way to steal this division from the Eagles. Oh,
0: just a few betting trends for this one, too. Total has gone under in four of Seattle's last five games on the road. So a much different team on the road. Seattle is 4-1 and against the number their last five games when playing Dallas. Dallas is 5-0 and against the number in their last five home games, which this is. So, uh, again, kind of a big number here. We know Dallas has a few bigger games coming up down the stretch of the season. We'll see if they get the cover here or not. Uh, Jumping over to Sunday, some of the bigger games to look at. Uh, Broncos-Texans, really good matchup. I mean, no team is hotter uh, than the Denver Broncos right now. I think both the Broncos and Eagles are on five-game winning streaks, uh, the two top winning streaks in the league. Texans come off a very tough loss um, to the Jags. But since that game where Denver gave up the 70 to Miami, they've just been a different team. And it seems to be Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, which really seem to have that rapport on the field. Defensively, they've been much better, but it's a Denver team that, after starting one and five, has really put themselves kind of in the wild card discussion, Jay, after that really bad
1: start. Yeah, and, they, and they've been doing it with defense. As much as we talk about Russell Wilson, the offense has been good and the best part about what they're doing offensively is they're not turning the football over. Right. And their defense is absolutely turning everyone over each and every week. We saw them turn the Chiefs over three times. Um, they go and beat the Bills. I think they had four turnovers against the Bills. This week against the Browns without Watson, um, able to get to Dorian Thompson-Robinson, knock him out, and then go turn over Walker. Um, getting fumbles. They, they just Defense is just finding a way. And the good thing for them is, as much as this Houston Texas team has caught fire, and CJ Stroud has been so very good and has talked about, you know, that he's the rookie quarterback that's the guy, he's still had seven interceptions over these last three weeks. And so, as good as he He was going into that stretch, not turning the ball over, he's been turning the ball over a lot of late. And that's what really cost them last week against the Jaguars. So, if Stroud continues his turnover ways, is what the Broncos do best they're going to be in trouble in this situation. And for me, personally, this game opened higher than I expected. The Texans are sitting as a a 3.5-point favorite, and maybe that's just – Everyone's expecting this Bronco run to finally end. They, they've been on a, a streak after looking so uh, dismal early in the season of, of running through some opponents, and but they've been beating some good opponents. Talked about them beating the Chiefs. Talked about them beating the Bills. Well, now, having to in the game, Houston. they beat
0: the Chiefs. Remember, that was the only team that week that did not score an offensive touchdown was the Kansas City Chiefs against that Denver defense.
1: Yeah, and, and Texans have found something outside of the loss to the Jaguars last week. Stroud has been really, really good. Right. Whether it's Tank Dell, Noah Brown, Nico Collins, these, the Singletary receiving out court, of the backfield. The receiving core has been right. great. And we talked, Damian Pierce went out, and Singletary's kind of rejuvenated yep. that running game. So the Texans do have the offensive weapons, and maybe that's where they can go score, they can go outscore the Broncos, because the Broncos aren't going to put up 24, 27 points. They they're want to score that 17 to 21 and play great defense. So the Texans do have the better offense in this situation, but this game for me comes down to, does Stroud protect the football? And I'm really worried if I'm a Texans to lay that extra hook. If I'm, well, if I'm betting the Texans, I want to lay three, not three it, and a
0: half. It's funny that you say that because we talked about that. We both thought this game opened up a little bit high. But the initial push um, was taking the three and a half. We saw some sharp play actually take the three and a half, which caused us to go to three. But since that time, it's been extremely one-sided in favor of the Texans, which pushed it back to three and a half. So for whatever reason, that, that hook or, or three didn't scare anybody off, and they drove it right back to three and a half. We haven't seen it taken back yet again. A couple of interesting betting trends. Denver 5-0 straight up in their last five games, as we alluded to, that five-game winning streak. Denver total has gone under in five of Denver's last six games. As Jay mentioned, they want to play that tighter, low-scoring game. Total has gone under in four of Houston's last five games when playing Denver, and Houston is 4-1 and straight up in their last five home games. Their only loss coming last Sunday to the Jags. Now we're going to talk about what is a marquee game a monster game we've talked about some big games over the last couple of weeks that have major playoff implications rematch of last year's playoff game between the 49ers and eagles the game that brock purdy got hurt in um the niners come into this game and it, to me a little surprising that they're a two and a half to three point road favorite i know they've been really dominant since that three-game losing streak i know that the eagles only one loss seemed to just be going through the motions right now, but they find a way to win. Um, This is a great game. It could have major, major playoff implications. As we mentioned, the Cowboys, Niners kind of chasing that number one seed that the Eagles have right now. Eagles got to love the fact for Bolton Board material. We are a home dog. To Brock Purdy and the 49ers, yeah, a big revenge game. And
1: and clearly, we know all the talk from Debo Samuel at the end of last year and the situation where the Eagles go and knock the Niners out um, in the NFC. Thirty-one Championship seven, yeah. With with when Purdy goes down and they essentially have to play without a quarterback uh, for three quarters of football, and so the Niners, you know, carry that burden of this was a game they felt they should have won last year in Philadelphia, and they kind of got robbed with Purdy getting hurt. So. Debo Samuel, we know he comes in with that chip on his shoulder. Obviously, all the weapons that they've been able to work with, with Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey, and the Niners are playing um, some absolutely fantastic football right now. And you you go and you play this Eagle team who, despite the fact that they've been winning and, and are sitting on the top of the NFC, they were outplayed by the cowboys you know 2 weeks ago they were really outplayed by the bills chiefs, this chiefs past bills. week they were outplayed by the, by the chiefs uh, and, and really should have lost that game if, if mvs comes down with the with the touchdown but they, they have the, the, these other teams haven't been able to get over the hump right. and beat them but again that's why you're seeing the niners favored in this situation is that the eagles have just been on the cusp each and every week of losing that game and at some point in time the 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 schedule of Cowboys, to Chiefs, to Bills, it's got to wear you the down. Niners, it's got to right. wear you down a little bit. and, and you have But
0: that. a win here, though, really puts the Niners behind the eight ball. They're probably not going to catch um, the Eagles at that point. They'd have four losses. Oh, you're saying if the Eagles
1: win if here. If the Eagles yeah. win, yeah, yeah. They're
0: not going to catch them, probably. So, Eagles know that, hey, if we're able to win this game, we've already beaten the Cowboys once. We're really in control of the NFC with the win here. Because if you remember now, only two teams get a buy. One team, the best team in the AFC, best team in the NFC. It really sets the Eagles up well with a win here. A loss, and it kind of opens up the door for both San Francisco and Dallas.
1: Yeah, and one of the things we've seen... Um, the Eagles do is is able to use Devontae Smith and use A.J. Brown um, and and they're expected to get Goddard back in this game. He he might play in this game so again if you're looking at the Eagles pay attention to what happens here later in the week with Dallas Goddard coming back because he's a big part of that offense that they've been missing Um, but the Niners are not going to allow Jalen Hurts and Swift to, to win this game for the Eagles. Right. I feel like the Niners are going to stop the run and they're going to make Jalen Hurts throw the football um, to beat them. And so Smith and Brown are going to have to have big games. And we know that Niners secondary um, can, can put themselves in big Burn situations to, to do big things. But I, I feel like, you know, the, the, the Eagles want to win with Hurts controlling that ground game, Swift controlling that ground game, sprinkle in Gainwell, um, and I think that's what the Niners are going to look to stop. On the other side of the football, The Eagles have really, really struggled against the pass the last several weeks. Um, We talked about MVS dropping that pass, um, but but the Chiefs were able to have some success in the passing game. We saw the Bills have some monster success in the passing game this past week, and with Ayuk and Kittle and Debo Samuel, um, if Brock Purdy can be solid. The Eagles, I think, are going to struggle to, c- to cover these Niners receivers.
0: And it really could be that we see these two teams play again um, to get to the Super Bowl. That's how good they both are in the NFC. And I, the other
1: thing to add to this before you check, I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Philadelphia. I haven't checked the forecast. But, again, to me, with these two offenses playing the way that they're playing, it looks like an over game um, with the fact that it they – It does, right, right. Yeah. But, but check the weather and – Do they come out tight and they try and run the football? Do we see more of McCaffrey, 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 um, and not a a sprinkling that passing game? But I expect the Niners to come out throwing the football.
0: Well, based on what we just said, here's a couple of stats, too, about that total. The total has gone under in five of San Francisco's last five games. So, five for five when playing Philadelphia. San Francisco is 20 and four straight up in their last 24 games. The total has gone under in five of Philadelphia's last five games. Also, when playing. San Francisco, and Philadelphia is 5-0 and straight up in their last five games. So when these two teams have met the last five times, the total has gone under each time. So we'll see if they can open it up with their offense or not.
1: We're going to add, you know, we always talk about all the props that we have, and the guys put up so many rushing, receiving, touchdown props. Um, we're going to add a little bit more to the menu oh, for yeah. this game. Um, so It's so, a playoff game. Somewhat more, not, not, we're not talking Super Bowl menu, but a lot of the props that you'll see, offered for a Super Bowl look for in this game as we're going to expand the menu for this uh, Niner-Eagle matchup?
0: For all practical purposes, it's a playoff game. I mean, it really is, and I think I could easily see these two teams playing again in late January to have an opportunity to play in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Let's jump to the primetime game, Sunday Night Football, uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. These two teams have a a lot of history together. It's a Chief team that um, has their up and downs. They haven't been the same dominant offense this year, they've been so much better on the defensive side of it. They're just missing that big play wide out. Green Bay has won two in a row. Jordan Love has played really good in those two games, especially on Thanksgiving. Yet the Chiefs come into this game, Jay, about a six point favorite.
1: Yeah and, and uh Rashid Rice has quietly become the best receiver in Kansas. He is City. their best receiver. Um we've kind of seen you know somewhat of the disappearance of Travis Kelsey. Um I, I actually was going back and looking when I talk about disappearance of Travis Kelsey they're using him to make sure that he's okay for the playoffs. Travis Kelsey, if you go look, he's only playing about 70 to 75% of the snaps. He's not getting a 90%, 95% snap count. Um, when they play the bigger games – He's getting that higher snap right. count. But again, last week against the Raiders, only playing 70% to 75% of the snaps. So they're controlling his game to make sure that he's healthy for the playoffs. But this just hasn't been the Kansas City Chiefs team that we've seen over the last several years. And we've said this for several weeks. They go down 14 to nothing to the Raiders um, and are able to come back and win that game, really showing the kind of ineptness of the Raiders at and but where they're at. their defense
0: really – I mean, they ended up outscoring the Raiders 31-3 after that. Yeah. So it really was all defense that
1: really played great. And, and so it's still – Patrick Mahomes who finds ways to win games. He, sh- he almost found a way to win a game against the Eagles. There wasn't just the MVS drop pass. There was a Watson drop pass in there. There was a Kelsey drop right. pass in there. They're using Isaiah Pacheco way more than they have in years past. Um, so that's one of the things that the Packers are going to stop. But when Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, he gives you a chance to win a game yeah. and that's why you see them a six-point favorite on the road. For the Packers, they've probably probably been one of the bigger surprises yeah. over the past several weeks. Obviously, we talked about the love that we showed them Thanksgiving Day and that they kind of saved our bacon in the big Money line upset our against, cheese, uh, against the right. uh, Lions on, on Thanksgiving morning was absolutely massive. But Jordan Love, who we saw struggle kind of throughout the beginning of the season has really kind of found his niche over the last couple of weeks, uh, throwing for multiple 300-yard games. He's found these young receivers in Watson and Reed and Dobbs, um, sprinkled in. M- Musgrove's injured right now. Right. But we, we thought they, they didn't were gonna have him or Aaron yeah. Jones
0: though, on things. Well, we which thought they were gonna rely impressive. on
1: Dylan and Jones. We thought this team was really going to rely on the running game, but they can't rely on the running game because those running backs, Jones isn't healthy, and their line is not good. Right. So, um, but their love, line has
0: been good in pass protection, yes, and pass just defense, not run blocking. not
1: run, but they can pass. And the receivers are good. I yeah. mean, they, these young kids are, are playing good football, getting open for love, and so. Kansas City, one of the things that Kansas City does best is has been playing defense and playing defense football in the secondary, so it's kind of a little bit of a mismatch. But the Packers at home coming off the big win, coming off the extra rest because they played Thanksgiving Day, the Chiefs right. played Sunday. So three extra days rest for Green Bay in this situation as a home dog um, this seems like it could be a good spot for the Packers, and that's why you've seen this game gone from the Chiefs' a seven-point favorite down to a six-point favorite.
0: And whether it could be a factor here, too. didn't check it yet either, but you could have a really cold night in Lambeau, always one of the tougher places to play, so we'll see if that plays into it at all. One
1: big thing from a Chiefs' standpoint is obviously the AFC number one seed is kind of wide open right, yep. with the Ravens, the Chiefs, the, uh, the Jaguars. So the Chiefs know how important that number one seed is to get that bye, to get home field advantage. So that's something that I think they're still playing for and Andy Reid has this team focused on.
0: So a couple of interesting betting trends for this one. Kansas City 8-1 and one straight up in its last nine games on the road. Uh, the total has gone under in six of kansas city's last seven games it kind of goes back to what we talked about they're a much different team this year the total has gone under in five of green bay's last six games green bay is four and one against the number in their last five games against kansas city so if you look at that taking the points and under really is the trend for this game uh jump over to monday night football now when the schedule was made and you looked at jags Bengals, late in the season burrow lawrence thought it was going to be a great game Cincinnati, they're not making the playoffs without Joe Burrow. Uh, Browning really struggled in his last uh, last couple of games. You look at a Jags team now, as Jay mentioned, is still in the mix for the number one seed in the AFC. They come off a big road win against the Texans. They're almost double-digit home favorites here, which is clearly a product of no... Um, uh, Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, I'm. Monday nights have been uh, I've been affectionately referring to them as Miracle Mondays. Um, so I'm not going to count out the Bengals here traveling to Jacksonville because we've seen some crazy, crazy stuff go down on Monday nights. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings knocking off the Niners on a Monday night. We saw the Denver Broncos knock off the Buffalo Bills on a Monday night. And then this past week, the Bears knock Knocked off the Vikings. Vikings on a Monday night in some really strange, weird turnover-laden games, and so the Bengals, the only way that they can probably stay in this game as an eight-point favorite is they're going to have to turn over Trevor Lawrence. They're going to have to to find a way to make these Jaguars turn the football over, and then we're going to need to see Jake Browning play the best game Browning's ever Ever. played, or you know Jamar Chase finding three bombs, uh, or or something like that. But Mondays have been absolutely unpredictable (laughs) over the last three to four weeks. Miracle Um, Monday, I like that. So, I mean, to, you know, we talked about the Bears. I know. You know, we talked about winning ugly, but that—that that was winning ugly. The Bears were the first team to um, not score a touchdown this year and, and, win, a and, and win a game. So um, maybe we get something like that crazy on Monday night because I think that's what the Bengals are going to need. And obviously, we're going to need it. Um, their loss last week uh, to the Steelers really weren't able to generate anything. And this Jaguar team has not just playoff aspirations but aspirations to to go even farther and there was that was a big win for them this past week against the Texans the Texans have kind of been I'll call them their kryptonite well they had already beaten the the Texans already beaten them them. once they would have lost
0: twice now Texans would have clearly owned all tiebreakers and they'd be tied so it was a huge
1: win for them and we we talked about one of the things for the Jaguars was they were rolling uh, after the early loss to the Chiefs um, early in the season they went and played the games in London um, they were, they were kind of rolling, and then they had to go into their bye week, and they come out of their bye week with a loss at home to the Niners, um, and then they kind of c- caught back up. And right. so um, Jaguar team is really well coached. Uh, Trevor Lawrence we know puts him in good situation. He's actually been running the football a lot more. etn has been fantastic. And their fantastic. defense has played
0: much better they, as well. They,
1: they have all the tools in the shed to make a run here, right. and that's why you see them an eight-point favorite on Monday night. A
0: couple of uh, betting trends for the Monday night game as well, guys. Uh, Bengals 6-2 and two straight up in their last eight games when playing Jacksonville. Getting eight and a half nine points here since the eighteen and seven against the spread in their last twenty five games on the road. This has to be the biggest amount of points they're getting in their last twenty five games because it's with no burrow. Jacksonville seven and one against the number in their last eight games. Um, before we leave you two, we talked about uh, how the college last man standing is over. Pro football, there are four lucky contestants left. Congratulations to the to the final four with a chance to win one hundred and fifty thousand. Going into it, week 13 now to have four left, that's tremendous. You guys, good luck, congratulations, and it should be an interesting
1: week. Oh, I'm, it's every week. Every week's an interesting week, and we talk about these playoff battles. You look at that uh, ability to get into the NFC playoffs, get into the AFC playoffs, and it's a laundry list of teams. So uh, there's, everybody's kind of fighting for those last spots, and it makes for some great football.
0: And again, guys, we know it's getting closer to the holidays. We know there's honey to do lists. So much going on right now. It's a great time to get signed up for STN sports. It really brings the sports book to you. We love when you guys come in here and enjoy everything we have to have to offer, not only here at Red Rock, but all of our properties. But it's just a, a, a great time to have STN sports because now the sports book is in the palm of your hands. For Jason, I'm Chucky. E. We're here at Red Rock's Racing Sportsbook for the Sports Betting Podcast bookend powered by STN sports. We'll see you guys next week.